ML Nation, episode 385. You lay down the law here and get off your knees. Stop begging. If you love what you've got, then you're going to find the people who say, this is what I want. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan. People call me the Oprah of MLM, and I am fired up today. I'm back home and fired, especially someone that really helped me out while I was growing my business. I remember reading her book in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, because I knew I wanted to build a business that lasts, not just about recruiting. And so we have the one and only Kim Claver. Hey, Kim, are you ready to make it happen? Ready, ready, ready. Yep, yep, yep. What a fun thing to be on your show. Hey, Kim wrote an awesome book. We're going to talk about it. But Kim is a graduate from Harvard University. She's been in network marketing for almost three decades, has been a top earner for five different companies, and uh, wrote the book, If My Product is So Great, How Come I Can't Sell It? So anyway, Kim, I've given MLMation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how you got started in network marketing. Um, well, I got started in the network marketing business from real estate. Actually, I was uh, in a Taekwondo class, and I met a guy who was uh, another professor type, and he had a little water filter, and I was really into water. It was this little blue thing, and he was filtering the water in between the breaks in the Taekwondo class. And so I said, what is that thing? And he says, oh, it filters water. I said, really, where do you get one of those? And he said, well, you know, I market those. I said, great, I, I want to have one of those, and I, I actually like to sell them. So that's really how it began. I had never done network marketing before. never heard of it, actually. And, um, but I was interested in water, clean water. I already was spending a buck a gallon at that time. You know, 27 years ago, people bought a buck a gallon water. That's what we all did and have these big six packs lugging up the stairs, right? So when I saw that little filter, I thought, great, then I don't have to drink anything. And the restaurants don't have to drink any caca out of the faucet, you know? So that's how it started. It really was an interest in the product. And uh, that's, that was the beginning from a real estate business, which I was still in. And that's how I sold I don't know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars worth of these things in the first sixty or seventy days, uh, just because I liked the product. So I sold a lot. I didn't know you should sponsor. Hmm. So I began with, you know, being asked to go on stage at the national that they had my first year in the business, because they said nobody ever sold so many uh, water filters before, and especially since you didn't sponsor anybody. So how'd you do that? And that's that was my first really foray onto the stage of this this industry and this business. It's customers. So you sold uh, sixty thousand and you have sixty thousand yeah. dollars worth of products mm-hmm. for sixty days. So um, and you were doing this part time while doing your real estate. Yes, yes. But you know the thing is the way I a lot of people say, well, how do you do that? <laughs> like, well, at the end of every phone conversation, I would be speaking to another broker, a p- potential tenant. You know, we did commercial or some lending officer, some mortgage officer, some title company person. And I would say at the end, by the way, you know, I got a question. For, can I ask you something that has nothing to do with what we just talked about? And they go, oh, well, yeah. So I said, it has to do with your water. Yeah, tell me about the water. So I tell them, look, do you drink the caca out of the faucet? Or that's K-A-K-A, people who don't know what that is. Or do you spend a buck a gallon? And so it was very easy. In those days, you either spent a buck a gallon or you didn't. And so I would get one of two answers. That's all I ever said. That was the opener, and that was, I mean, I did that for, I don't know, six months for that, for that product line. And people would say either, well, Kim, what is the caca out of the faucet? Yes, I drink the caca out of the faucet. What's that all about? And I would tell them, well, if you care about your skin, you know, you know what's, what comes out of your faucet. And they were, well, yeah, you know, it's water and it's probably not too bad. The city says it's okay, so it must be okay. And I just described a picture. Do you care about your skin? Yes. Well, do you have any idea when you stand under the shower or you put your hands under the faucet, do you realize you're getting bleach water on you? So you spend a couple hundred bucks on facial care, right? And then you get bleached. So if you don't want that, then you want to drink the filtered water. That's the reason it's caca to me. And so some of those people would say, well, I'd like not to have to do that. And I said, well, you can pay a buck a gallon, get it at the store. Right? That's what I do. <laughs> or I have this new gizmo I'm trying out. It's a nickel a gallon. And people would say, well, 
some of them, about six out of 10 said, well, let me, I want to try that. I want to, I want to, you know, see if I can get the stuff for a nickel a gallon. That was the caca set, the people who said they drank out of the faucet. And then the people who said, well, I spend a buck a gallon like you do. I said, well, I've, I've done that too. You know, I have spend spending a buck a gallon for, I don't know, two, three years. And if you, when somebody showed me this thing, it was a nickel a gallon. It's a little gizmo you attach to your faucet and filters the water. It takes out the same crap, right? That we all already know as water filter users, but it's a nickel a gallon, nickel a gallon. And I would say about six out of 10 of those people said, great, let me try one. So we had so many yeses that I hired college kids with pickup trucks to go out every weekend and deliver these things to people. And shower filters were, of course, my favorite. And then, of course, the water filters, the under the sink stuff, the whole mess, because I was already a water person. So that made it a little bit easier for me to talk about because it's something I did anyway, right? And so I would say of the people that had it, probably half, maybe 60% again, bought the stuff and bought the the, uh, the filters. And at the end of, I don't know, 90 days, 60 days, between 60 and 90 days, the guy who, the professor who signed me up said, you know, Kim, they want you to come to Memphis and tell them how you did that or New Orleans. And they did what? Well, you sold all this stuff. Well, it's to me, I mean, you're if you're in real estate and you do long-term leases with places like McDonald's and, you know, you your commissions are quite big. You know, you're upper five figures most of the time. So to earn 50 bucks on a filter was not to me like a big deal. But my goal was to spread clean water so people don't stand there and get all this this bleach on themselves, which is, to me, horrible. I wouldn't touch it today. I mean, everybody who ever has worked for me my entire life wears rubber gloves, not because we're freaked out. We just don't want everyday bleach on your skin. You know, it doesn't doesn't make you look good. So that's really how that began. That was really the first uh, story. And then <laughs> my sponsor was the, you know, the two of them were the top earners in the company. And when I talked about, you know, how I got all these customers, that's what I had done. By the way, just, you know, for listeners that are wondering, did you ever mention the name of the product? No. Did I ever show a company brochure? No. Did I ever um, talk about, you know, because when you sell water filters, for those of you that are old enough to remember that particular company, people talked about carbon block filters and they would talk about, you know, granular stuff, you know, what kind of carbon it was. And I never mentioned any of that ever. Nobody knew the name of the company. Nobody knew the name of the product because it never occurred to me to bring it up. Why? Because I already liked clean water. I liked this. I had tested it. That was good enough to pass my inspection. That was good enough for me. So nobody knew. And to this day, you know, when you, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, how come my people aren't listening to me? It's if you lead with the name of your product or your company, no matter what it is, you're basically speaking Greek until they have a reason to care about the outcome of using it. Nobody really cares. And so that's why if you're having trouble, you know, think about when you think, well, you know, what should I say? You could lead with something that the product does for you or the service, what the outcome is, that future thing that you're really selling versus the name of the product, what the ingredients are, the science of it, what, what we call technobabble, which is the biggest sales killer in the world for everyone, whether you're doing online sales, offline sales, door to door, technobabble, as I call it in the orange book. You know, if my products are great, how come you, how come I can't sell it, which you can get free, by the way. <laughs> um, that's really what is the biggest sales killer. So I never did that because it never occurred to me to do it. Mm. So that's really how the beginning began. And so that's why I did it. I stayed in the real estate for another year or two because they were all PSs at the end of every conversation I had. And I was on the phone a lot. So I like Technobabble. It's the first time I think you came up to uh, I think you came up with the term. I remember reading that book in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur. I was sitting there growing my customer base because at the time I recruited a lot of people, but not many people were staying. And I knew I needed to do something differently. Uh, for those who don't know, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit. Give us some examples of Technobabble that are totally just makes you lose the sale instead of gain the sale. What, what are some tech, t- typical Technobabble you hear? Well, let's say you were selling water filters and you say, Aunt Lulu, I have this carbon granular carbonated granular block filter that you're going to love because Dr. Dingling says it's absolutely the finest carbon, the finest granular stuff, the finest block 
and it takes out things in your water that you can't pronounce. You're really going to love this. Can I sell it to you? Hmm. So it's using words that describe the science, the ingredients, the dimensions, the weight, you know, what you might call the product features versus talking about what it does for someone. See, if I say to somebody, look, do you, do you want to, do you want to like be standing under the, under the shower and have all this bleach water come on you? Or you want to have something that doesn't do that and keeps your skin pure. So you don't waste your money on your skincare. It doesn't matter what I'm selling. If somebody cares about their skin and they're spending a couple hundred bucks a month on their skincare, they're not going to want to make that worse by putting bleach on it. So you're really talking about the benefit first, you know, like say with your program, this is a perfect example. I mean, I recommend to everybody who's listening, get yourself to some kind of leadership position so you can be on here. Why? Because when you get interviewed, your people are going to think, oh, wow, she's hot. And you are in their eyes. And so you don't have to say how hot you are. You just say, by the way, I'm interviewed over here on, on Simon's program. And they come to that conclusion all by themselves. The ideal thing to do, really, when you market is to set the situation up so the person likes what you do so much, they can see the benefits so much that they say, well, here's my credit card. How do I, how do I get this? And that's what I have specialized in my whole life. I make people come to me. By giving them like this example about the water, that's a wonderful way to, you know, to do that. Do you drink the caca out of the faucet or do you spend a buck a gallon? If I were selling water filters today, I'd probably do that still because it's still pretty much the same. You either buy a gallon, right, your Arrowhead or whatever they are, or you have the Alhambra trucks or you have a filter, which is much less per gallon. But you see, to me, it's not the filter, it's the caca. That's what it is. The distinction is between filtered and caca, that's the first cut. Those people who make that distinction anyway, and the ones who spend a buck a gallon, most of them would rather spend a nickel, like me. The ones who are still at the caca stage, well, they, they get to hear why people buy filtered water at all. So the value, you're looking at the value. So somebody says, I don't care what you have to say about that. <laughs> I want to drink the whatever you call it out of the sink. It's good enough for me. That's fine. Hmm. See, your thing is never for everybody. Once you figure that out, of course, you start asking for the right ones based on their values. Hey, so let's talk about inviting. So how would you invite? We go right to your book. Uh, and, you, and you said that you know, uh, listeners and viewers can get a free copy of it. You can talk about where they can do that. But So if you don't talk about technobabble, whether it's about vitamins or water filters or, or saving energy, right. how is, what's a good way to invite people, get people curious about what you have? I would say that um, one of the things we teach people how to do, one of the things I've done a lot, let's say you're calling people. One of the things we all hate to do, right? Don't want to call anybody, but I have a, we have a little bit different approach. So let's say that you're calling people and you just want to see if Aunt Lulu, you know, has any interest, right? So this is a totally different approach. So I'm just letting you know, you won't even know what happened if you don't listen carefully. I'm telling you this because I get this every single time we do this. So you call up and you go ring, ring, and, you know, Aunt Lulu answers the phone, right? And let's say she's still talking to you. She's still talking to you because you haven't so PO'd her that she will hang up the phone and she knows it's you, right? So she actually says, hello, and there you are. It's, hey, Aunt Lulu, hey, this is Kim. So I got a question for you, and I wonder if you just give me your opinion if you know anybody. It's not going to be you because, remember, she probably is mad at you already because you've done this before. So this is – I'm giving you the worst-case scenario. So I got a question. Can I ask you a question? And it won't be, you know, about anything that has to do with you. Okay, what's the question? So you, so you could say, well, you know, um, as you know, I have this little business. And you know I'm marketing the skincare product. You know all that stuff. And she goes, yep. And you say, so, so here's my question. If I tell you who I'm looking for, would you tell me if you know anyone? And she goes, all right. What have you done? The pressure's off. If I tell you who I'm looking for, if I describe who that is, would you tell me if you know anyone? That's all I want to know. And if it, there's somebody like that, then I'll show them what I've got. And if there's a match, great. If not, don't worry. I won't nag anybody. And she might very well say, well, yeah, so who are you looking for? See, and this is where you want to figure out what the values are. So let's say that you're marketing um, one of the skincare lines. You know, we've got like eight or ten big skincare companies. Most of the products are about 85 95 bucks a month. So let's say that you have one of those. 
And so you just pretend you're one of the, you know, one of the skincare companies. And so you think, okay, so how am I going to do this? So here's what you want to do. You lead with your values because if you are like any other network marketer out there that I ever get to work with, your number one complaint is it's too expensive. Am I right? I don't know if any of you guys can see this, but is this, is the number one complaint it's too expensive? Yes or no? So let me hear. Yes. See. Yes, yes. I don't have the money. It costs too much. Totally. It costs too much and it's way too expensive and what on earth is wrong with you and blah, blah, blah. And so you know this going in, see? So what we do is you lead with the objection. That way you, you're the first one to mention it. That's what you want. So here's how you do this. If you are a skincare person, one of the things you need to know is that in the skincare world, if you go to Macy's or you, I don't know, Walgreens, any place, you will see a range of skincare products. That means the cheap stuff, six bucks, ponds. Some of you may use it. No problem. Hey, you know, $6 a pound. I mean, a, a jar. <laughs> and then you have at the expensive end products called La Mer, L-E-L-A-M-E-R. They're $2,400 per jar. Okay. You get these at the Golden Door, um, which is a high-end spa. So if you know that there's this range of skincare products in price and quality and values, they're all different values. Some of them are certified organic. Some of them come from under some root and who knows where, you know, whatever. They're all ranges, six bucks to $2,400. You know this, right? So you go in and say to your um, auntie, so here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who is really into their skin, who really likes facials, who loves to go to spas, you know, who spends a lot of money on her hair, on her skin, really wants to look good. That's the most important thing to her. That's the sort of person I'm looking for because that's what my skincare line is directed at people like that. Do you know someone like that? So what have you done? You've said, this is a high-end spa quality product I am marketing. Do you know anyone who cares about their skin, who has facials, right? Proof, they have facials. They go to the spa. They go to day spas. They love spa quality stuff. They'll spend anything on their face to look better. Do you know anyone like that? So what happens? The person goes, well, let's see. Uh, actually, you know, aunt so-and-so is just such a person. And what have you done? You've let them off the hook. You've let yourself off the hook. And now you come across as somebody who actually knows what you're looking for. Because it's not everyone. You got to get over that. The reason Ponds is a $10 million billion business or whatever they are, they're hundreds of millions of dollars, is because they have a clientele that really loves Ponds. It may not be you, or it might be you. And then La Mer has also tens of thousands of customers who pay $200, $300, a jar. So all these companies have customers who otherwise they wouldn't be in business. So you position yourself as a higher-end spa quality, facial, yada, 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 and do you know anyone like that? There, you see, then you come across, you truly do look like some sort of a professional, you know? Because you're, if you're looking for a home, you know, you don't say to the person, I don't really know what I'm looking for. I'll live anywhere, a house anybody wants. I want a house everybody needs. I mean, really. You say, I want this kind of house, this kind of bedroom, this, I want this, 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 this. You specify so the person listening can go to work for you to figure out where those people might be. Because the greatest mistake you can make is to think that everyone wants your product. Inside your companies, they're going to say that, as they should. But outside, you just come across like you're a member of a cult. Because anyone in the outside world where all your new customers and prospects are, they know that there's $6 ponds and there's $2,500 La Mer. So if you come across as your one is it and the only thing in the world, a lot of people are going to see you as a cult-like person who is unaware of the rest of what we all have available to us, particularly now with, with Amazon. I mean, my gosh, you can just go there and search anything and get the stuff for much less even your own stuff, as we know. But the point is that you, when you come across as saying, I'm looking for somebody who's like this, has these values, for no matter what it is that you market. I'll give you another example, because I know some of you are on this call. Um, say weight loss. Say you're in the weight loss, big business, right? And so you'll say to somebody, well, you know, I'm looking for somebody who wants to lose weight. And your Aunt Lulu's going to go, well, everybody we know wants to lose weight, honey. I mean, we're all overweight, so what have you got? And then what are you going to do? You're going to stand there and go, I've got this great program, and it's, let's say it's a meal replacement program. 
And it's and she's going to say, well, how much is it? And you know, oh, it's three, four hundred dollars a month. And she's going to go, she's going to shut you down. Why? Why it's too expensive for her. Her taste happens to be twenty nine dollar appetite suppressant. So you don't do that. See, this is how you make yourself crazy and drive yourself to drink. If you didn't, you would start now. But this is not how you do it. So you say, Aunt Lulu, let me tell you, what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who wants to lose weight. And she goes, yep. And somebody who's into, I don't know, say cleansing. And somebody who also wants their energy back. Somebody like that. And she goes, okay, what else? And she said, okay, maybe. Say, wait, wait, there's more. There's more. I got a little bit more. And it's somebody who knows that they need to get off supermarket food and restaurant food. I'm looking for somebody who knows they need to do that. Oh, okay. Somebody who knows. Okay. Somebody who knows we're going to eat our way back to health and sexy again. See? We're going to eat our way there instead of diet and pill our way there. That's the sort of person I happen to be looking for. So this is kind of like meal replacement, cleansing type stuff where you're replacing your grocery budget. Are you still with me? Yep. And so you lay out the conditions in advance. We've taught this to people. And by the time they're done, we have them lined up and not a single person complains about three or $400 a month. Why? Because they have qualified themselves right into it. Or out, either way, so that you come across like somebody who knows what you're doing. And I think, you know, for th this type of approach requires that you have it in your mind that everyone is not and will never be your prospect or your suspect or anything of yours. What you want to do is ask every human thing that comes into your space, do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? Make them all your ambassador. If I tell you who I'm looking for, will you tell me if you know anyone? And then it can't be just lose weight or just skincare or just this or just that. You see, there's a whole list of other qualifications called values, right? That's why with my water deal, I said, do you, you know, do you drink the caca out of the faucet? Well, and somebody said, well, what's caca? They hadn't even thought about it. So I got to explain. It's the horrible stuff. It's the bleach. It's the chlorine, all the crap. Are you nuts? You actually put that on your hands every day and your kids and you make your baby formula with it. I mean, to me, that's absurd. But somebody can still say, well, I'll take it. I'll leave it the way it is. Great. But I got to sell why I love this thing because the person asked. And that's how we get so many people coming to us. But you have to know it's not everybody. Okay. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Hey, so you have your approach, just with time-wise, I have a couple other questions. Where can people yeah. learn more about your approach and training? Because this is really, I mean, people getting great feedback here. People are loving it. Where can people oh, learn more? Fun. Why don't you try some free stuff first? Don't spend any money. Go to kimclaver.me. So K-I-M-K-L-A-V like Victor, E-R dot, you know, period, me. M like mommy, E. And when you get there, you'll see a little image and you can get an orange book, which is if my products are great, how come I can't sell it? That's the ebook. Just what I would do is read three, four pages. If you like it, keep reading. If you don't, trash it. No big deal. You won't hurt my feelings, I promise. Three pages is more than enough. Just start with that. Um, and I think when you, if you, we have classes that, we have big classes, you know, $4,995 classes. So we have stuff for people that are really into wanting to transform themselves. And we have free stuff. And it's really to give you a taste. The goal is to show you that if you step back from your groups and your company meetings and from the stuff where, you need, like any church, you need to be a member of the group. If you're going to join, then be it. But when you step out of that into the real world where everybody else lives, you need to be conscious that you're looking for those specific people and you're calling out their names, calling all Henrys, calling all Heidis, calling all Olivias, calling all people who insist on certified organic. That's what you're doing. And then those people come to you, you see? And nobody asks, what's the name of the product? That is, I don't think I've ever heard that question, except from a network marketer. Well, what's the company? Well, honey, let me tell you what they do. And I never tell. And then they go away and it's done. So it's, uh, that's what I do. Go to kimclaver.me. You get the orange book there. Um, there are a couple of links there. It's a nice, simple page. And my Facebook page, which where we're sharing right now. It's facebook.com forward slash dot. Claver, K-L-A-V-E-R. Now, you have over 30, uh, 30 years of experience. So talk about this. 
27. 27, yep, almost yep. 30, right? So talk yeah. about this product approach and why it's important, especially what's going on lately in the news, the FTC crackdowns, and why this approach is very important. I think that the product approach matters because, for one thing, your long-term money. We all know, I mean, for those of you that are brand new, you can kind of close your ears, but in the history of our industry, at least for 27 years, everybody knows that the money is in the recruiting. So let's just get that out of the way. Is the money in the recruiting? It has been, and for many companies, it still is. Why? It's not just recruiting per se, but it's it's just simple math. If you have a, a, a recruiting package, say for a thousand bucks, and say your month and your your product per month is a hundred dollars a month to use or to you know for auto ship and whatnot. So if you sell a recruiting package, which is a wholesale package for a thousand dollars, and you get ten percent, you make a hundred bucks, right? I mean, this is not math beyond anybody here. If you're all still sober, <laughs> right? It's a hundred dollars. But if you get just a customer who's preferred, let's say, and she also pays $100 a month, just pretend, and you get 10%, you make $10. So it's $100 versus $10. Where's the money, right? Well, the money's in the recruiting. Yes, it is. But how many recruiting packages are you going to sell that person every month? Zero. More. Once they're done, they've shot their wad and it's over. However, there you sit with your little customer and you only have 10 bucks, right? And the big wigs saying, well, I got 100 and I'm going to get 10 more of those. Great. But you see, after a year, if you think longer term, not 90 days, not even 12 months, what, just 12 months, think three years out for your business. You're going to build a business, plan to invest your brain and mind and heart in it and the people that you bring in for three years minimum. But say a year. If I got a customer for a year at 100 bucks a year and I made $10 each month, one customer, I would earn $10 times 12, 120. The recruiter earned 1000 bucks once. Chances are very good that at the end of the year, two of my customers are going to want to sell also, and they will each buy a $1,000 package. And if they don't make any sales one month, do you think they're going to call up and crap out and say, I'm quitting? They would just keep right on using the product because that's how they came in. They love it whether they make money or not. That's what's wonderful about customers. What's been bad about them, I mean, just to be honest, is there's, there has been no money. Companies pay often in product. That doesn't pay the mortgage. That doesn't pay the rent. Who are we kidding? What, are you going to sell the extra stuff on eBay like everybody does? This is not a good thing. You need, if you sell, you get a customer, you need money. That's what you need, and that's what people need to pay with. But, of course, it's cheaper for the companies to pay in product, and many of them do. And that's one reason people – you I mean, we're human after all, and we do what is incentivized. So if they incentivize, I mean, give you a reason financially to recruit big packages, you, you will do that. And if they don't give any incentives for customers, you won't do that. I mean, like I said, we're human after all. That's as good as it gets. But if they were to turn the tables – and say every time you get a customer, you know, you make triple the money if they stay for three months. Not a one-time deal. Don't ever ask for one-month customers. The do-your-favor business, throw it all out. I would never do that. Why would you stoop to it? Say, look, honey, here's how it works. Three months. You got to test it for three months. And if you don't want to do it, no problem. I'm not going to give it to you at all. We did that with the fruit and veggies and capsules. People lined up to get it for three months. Why? Because we said you can't come in unless you test for three months. It's going to take that long for you to see the results. If you don't want to do it, no problem. You know, how's your day going? Let's pick up the kids. You lay down the law here and get off your knees. Stop begging. If you love what you've got, then you're going to find the people who say, this is what I want. Okay? So that's definitely what I would be doing. And that's what we do. Yeah. Continuing our conversation about customers, where do you see this profession headed to? I mean, you've been in the profession for a long time. Uh, how have you seen the change? And especially with customers, you just talked about customers. Where do you see the future? Well, it depends on how hard the FTC comes down on the rest of the industry. As you know, they came down on one big company and one of the top 10, really, public company. And the big change that I think the things just worth noting on customers and how we present the business is that the big two things that they said is we mustn't make FTC told this company. Um, you are not allowed to make the business look a lot easier than it really is. And what they mean is don't pretend that an ordinary person with no sales or business experience 
or sales training can have the mansion on the hill in a very short time by just putting in five or ten thousand dollars. That's what they basically restricted this company from doing, giving the impression, intentional or not, that anyone, any ordinary person with no experience can achieve these big numbers, uh, that that's going to be the, the norm. Because they say it isn't the norm, as we know, 95% of the people drop out. Um, and that's from the DSA. Neil often, I think Offenbach is the guy's name, who used to be the chairman of the, um, of the DSA, said 108% drop out. Because a lot of people sign up in a lot of companies and drop out of all of them. <laughs> so that's why it's bigger. So the one thing is how we present the business. And the more you present it as easy anyone can do it, the more disappointment you'll have because the people who come in will believe you. And they say, well, it's easy. Anyone can do it. I haven't made any sales. So what happened? It's like buying product does not create your income. It's selling this stuff makes your income, you see. And we kind of forget that. We think, well, we're going to buy the product. We're going to buy every month. We're going to go to the Facebook group. We're going to go to the meetings. We're going to go to the company events. We're going to go to the annual big events all that we have. And that's all fine. But nothing makes you one farthing. None of that. Unless you get a paying customer or a paying recruit. You haven't made Jack, you know, and if that's all a person wants, social group, community, support, you know, that kind of stuff, that's fine. But then don't expect income because it won't come. So that's the one thing. Don't make it look so much easier than it really is for an ordinary person with no sales, marketing um, or business background to make these big numbers. I think the second thing they said is that at least with this company, they have said clearly that 80% of the company's total sales volume, I mean, this is really, I don't suspect this is going to be industry-wide, but I wouldn't be surprised if it were 50. It's very clear. I have the document right here in front of me. 80% of the money that is generated to the company, because you know how network marketing companies work. We are all distributors and customers, and we give that company money. That's how it works. So we all give money to the company. You're all paying your company. Everybody pays the company. The company then gives back a piece of that to all of us. That's how it works. Some of you will have to sell stuff out of your basket, but that's not what we're talking about. Okay, we're talking about you getting regular orders to the company and they pay this money back. According to the what the company now has to do as of May 17, I think, 80% of the money that comes into the company has to be from customers who are not also distributors. It can be a one-time retail customer or a preferred monthly customer, but they cannot also be a rep for the company. Well, this is basically pulls the carpet out of the basic core of how the whole industry has done business for 50 years. We all know we're on the monthly audership. Why? Well, presumably because we want product. But what they have discovered is that many people are on audership not because they need more product. Their garage is piling up. They're on audership because they want to stay qualified or to rank up. This is what they have outlawed, so to speak, for this particular company. And when she, uh, Elizabeth Ramirez came to the DSA last October, that's one of the big things she said they're going to be looking at for all companies. So if it's true that, you know, half the volume, half the orders have to be from customers who are either preferred or retail, who are not also signed up as people selling, you want to learn how to do that. And you should anyway. Because in the end, customers are more normal in life than salespeople, right? Everybody's a customer of something. So if you got 10 customers, you might have two people who are going to sell it. And that's probably a good ratio because that's kind of how it is. So I would say those are the two big things that the, um, that the FTC is, has said. And now many, many companies are putting cu uh, customers first. So, and they're good anyway because they're insurance. You know, people who buy every month. You know, Simon, I, if we have, do we have one more minute? Because I, I, yeah, we have I should, some time. Yeah. All right. Let me put a little caveat in there. Let me tell you one of the downsides. I mean, for some of you, of course, the whole FTC is a downside. But for those of us who think that maybe some of the points are well taken, I mean, I want to be proud to be part of an industry. You know, I don't want to go, oh my God, all these people saying all these things that anyone can do it. It's for the most low life. Any nitwit, come one, come all, you can all make this big money. I mean, that's not an interesting thing to, to anybody with intelligence. And I'm sure all of you feel the same way. And it isn't. If it were that easy, then how come everybody <laughs> stay, you know, quits? But one of the interesting side effects of the product focus is this. 
if you are selling your weight loss program or your skincare product or your, um, I don't know, hemp products or some kind of a, a service that you have, and you're not going to offer the business opportunity to every single person, because remember, if they only are going to pay you on customers that are not, I mean, for a large part of it, not all, just some, that are not also distributors, you need to have real customers that are not distributing, not selling, right? So one interesting thing is that makes your product sort of a commodity. And what does that mean? It means that if you say to somebody, well, I have this weight loss program and there are these pills, you know, that come from, you know, I don't know, Africa or someplace and it has this or that in it and they're $39 or $59 or, you know, $200. The person, while they're talking to you on the phone, can be sitting on the computer looking, you know, where's this product and can find something probably like it for less money. That's a commodity where people can price shop, not just your brand, which they can also price shop because they'll see it on eBay and whatnot. We all know this, so let's not pretend. But other products that, that claim to be similar. Now, you may not think they are, and your company may not think they are, but the customer is the one who's the boss. So she's sitting there looking, oh, I can get this for $49. Oh, okay, listen, thank you very much. I'm, I'm fine. I'll talk to you later. Click. And they go and buy what they think is a comparable product for less money. And you are cooked. I mean, you see this problem, right? We're suddenly in the commodity business for many of the nutritional products. I mean, that's where, what, 70, 80% nutritionals here and skincare. So here's what I recommend you do. You start thinking about making an offer. So instead of just saying, oh, here's this uh, skincare, let's say take skincare, because we have a lot of those and you're 85, 90 bucks a month. So instead of just offering the skincare product, you would say, I have five tips to help you Get beautiful skin, none of which have anything to do with your product. Like, for example, did you know that if you sleep earlier at night, you will have better skin in the morning? Did you know that if you that there are plants to help you breathe and help your skin breathe? I've got one in my bedroom. Did you know that if you have trouble sleeping, you put these black drapes? So you offer, in your offer, you offer tips that ameliorate the value and the effect of your product. So if the product helps your skin look more radiant, what else can you do to offer? You know, you could look it up on Google, how, five ways to make your skin radiant. And none of these things will cost money. It'll take legwork, but it means you have an offer. Something extra comes with it. Like I buy really expensive olive oil. It's, you know, I really like to eat. So I'm a big olive oil person and I spend twice as much. Why? Number one is delivered. But number two, I get a beautiful newsletter about where these oils came from, the grape of the grapes, the, the olives, the makers, all these, you know, for, for this olive oil. And I love the story. So I pay the extra because so, he's making me an offer. If you buy these olive oils, I will give you the history of where they come from, the earth, you know, 15 generations. of. And if you like that, you will pay extra. So you, we will, as an industry and individuals in it, need to think about what extra thing can we offer someone with our skincare that they would never get if they went to Amazon. Mm. Information, irresistible freebie type offers, as you know, Simon, from market, marketing online. And you can do it in the form of a newsletter, an email, a tips. You can have your Facebook page where you go, you know, five ways to make your skin look radiant and gorgeous without putting crap on your face without, you know, doing this, without having to do, you know, how to do the good thing without the bad thing. And then somebody will come and ask you what your product is because you seem to know so much about it, about what the product ingredients. No, about the name of the product. No, about the picture of the product. No, about the name of the CEO and the, and the name of the company. No, none of that about making their skin look radiant and glow, particularly after they tied one on. That's your value. It's not the box. It's not the company. It's none of that. It's you and what you can bring to their table, which is how do I look gorgeous and beautiful again without having to put crap on my face or do things that I think are bad for me long term. Do you see what I mean? Does that make sense, you guys? Definitely. Awesome. Great stuff. Hey, uh, we can talk forever, but we need to kind of wrap it up. Uh, oh, no a couple problem. More, a couple good. more questions um, just to respect for time wise. But this is my favorite question. In your 27 years, what is your worst, worst moment in network marketing? To the point where most people quit and just say, forget this. But you stayed in there and that's why you are the person you are today. <laughs> well, it's probably quite a few moments. But the first one is when I came back from that convention 
And, you know, everybody is like, oh, man, you're really hot. You have all these customers. You made all this money, 60 or seven, uh, quite a few thousand dollars, maybe 30 grand in, I don't know, 90 days or something on customers, on these water filters, right? And so my sponsor leans in after and he says, well, you know, Kim, you need to recruit. So, yeah, really, what's that? He said, you know, find people like you. You know, so, and I thought, okay, I have a real estate business. I'm the broker. I have agents. I get that. So I find them and, and recruit them and train them and make a piece. Is that it? Yep, that's it. So I thought, great, I can do that. So I ran ads in the local newspaper for people that I was looking for. And I would say in, I don't know, maybe two months, I signed up two dozen, maybe three dozen people who came in for this water filter company at this $5,000 level. You know, at that time we had levels that were 5,000, 10,000, 15, 25, even 100,000. <laughs> were, these were big deals, relatively speaking. So that I had them all at $5,000 because that's where I had started. And so I thought, great, they paid like 20% on each one plus a little extra. So with 24, 26 of them, I had earned like 25, 26,000 bucks. And I thought that was good. So what happened is about 30 days later, we had a little get together. You know, we're going to get on the phone or get together or do something. And two thirds of them were gone. And like nobody asked for a refund. They just disappeared. They were suddenly no, you know, MIA, I guess is how you say it. There was nobody there anymore, maybe three or four out of these 24, 28, almost 30 people that had plunked down five grand for water filters. This is not, you know, some small thing even today. And I thought, well, what happened to all these people? And it's like, no, you know, we are we really not going to do this anymore. And it's we we'll keep the filters because, you know, we have enough water filters now to last us for three generations. <laughs> so it's like, that was good. But what I, I didn't know. So I called my upline and said, what's cooking with this? And they laughed. They, they, they love me and all, but they laughed and they said, Kim, this is how it is. So me, what do you mean this is how it is? Well, this is how the industry is. People sign up and then they drop out. And it's like, well, I don't want to be in a business like that. I'm not interested in that. I have, what, 15 real estate agents. Not one has ever left me. Ever. It's the best game in town. It's my office because we know how to dredge up business for these guys. And they know we teach them how to close. So why would I be in a business where you recruit somebody, we're going to go change the water world, make everybody have an opportunity to get cheap, good, clean water, and then they're all going to leave. What kind of a mission is that? So she said, well, that's what they do. I said, well, I don't want to do that. And she said, well, why don't you think of how to recruit people the way you do for your real estate business? And those were the magic words. I thought, okay, recruit the way I do for my real estate business. What would that be? And I never ran an ad that said, come one, come all, anyone can do this, come make a boatload of money in my real estate office. I never ran an ad like that. I looked for people who love the city, who love deal making, who love hustling, who will go the distance, crazy people like me. Those are what I recruited into my office. That's why they all stayed, because I was one of those people. And so I decided I'm going to write an ad just like that. And that day really changed my whole career because I've never gone back. My ad said something like, you know, looking for I in those days, we still advertise a lot in the newspaper. But I'm sure you want to know what's the ad say. So I want to tell you right now. Um, we had different headlines like um, what I did is I just to tell you how I learned how to advertise like this is I went to the Wall Street Journal on Thursdays that had franchise sections. And on other days, they would have high level positions and my eye would always scan for every job that had CEO or president. Why? Because that's the only position I would ever take if I were looking for some gig with somebody. I wouldn't want to be anything else. That's all I want. I don't care about the janitor job. I want the boss, the CEO, or the president. So I thought, okay, so what I should do is craft an ad that I would respond to. That's what I did. And so the ads were things like leader wanted, local leader wanted uh, for nationally expanding company, looking for someone with experience in teaching, marketing, and owned their own business before. That's what I did. Send resume. I would do the same thing today. Send hmm. resume. We got all these, we, I got hundreds of resumes. And then we would do the interviews and call them all, say, first of all, this is not a job job. This is a 100% commission position. That's why we asked for all these skills. Owned your own business before, sales before, oh, and public speaking. I said, you know, public speaking. And why did I do that? Everybody says, well, don't you know, Kim, nobody wants to do public speaking. And I said, that's right. And that's why I want the ones who do. <laughs> Jesus only had 12. And now look, and he had a major pukey. 
You don't need that many to grow big. You need the good ones to grow big, the ones who care, who will move it forward, right? They'll get all the other little guys. You get the major hoo-hahs. That's who, that's who I want. So I ask for people with public speaking, teaching, marketing, sales, and owned your own business before. And every single one of them met those qualifications. And then we chose the ones who we thought would be the best ones. And then we had interviews at a university. I'm a university person. I'm not a hotel person. Give me a conference room anytime and let me see what you got. And we signed up people. Then we had our sponsors come. And they were just, how'd you get all these good people? And I said, well, we asked for them. Like, oh, that's what I learned that day. And since that day, I have never asked for anyone other than exactly the sort of person I'm looking for, a customer or business in anything. And I advise you to do the same because once you know who it is, the rest of the world will help you find them because you put it out there. You know, it's like you get your cardiology credential. Say you're an MD. How do you start? Well, you know, let my sister know that, you know, I do heart. So if you need a heart job, let me know. And everybody knows who in the family does is the cardiologist or the, you know, asbestos lawyer or, you know, these specialties. Consider yourself a specialist and put that out there and let them send anybody to you in case. So that's how we did that. That was the worst moment. But like they say, it changed for the good, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, hey we got to wrap up the show, but really okay. quick questions to pick your brain. And these could be like one sentence answers or one phrase. Okay. 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 Uh, to pick your brain. So first one, Kim, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? I would say that it's whatsoever depends on conditions has no intrinsic existence. It's an old Buddhist quote, and it motivates me because it means that no matter how low things are, I can get better. And it reminds me that no matter how well things are going, don't get too much on your high horse because it can go the other way. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? One habit. I, I probably, you know, this sounds really stupid, but I look in the mirror a lot. Whenever there's an issue, that's where I go first. Mm. I don't know what else to do. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? The best piece of advice I ever received. Um, probably that same quote, you know, what, whatever, whatsoever depends on conditions has no intrinsic existence because it means nothing is permanent, which means you can improve yourself. So that's, I would say that's probably the best uh, advice that I've received. Yeah, I love that quote. Whatever depends on conditions have no intrinsic value, right? That's no, 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 no. Whatsoever depends on conditions. Yeah. Right. Has no intrinsic existence. 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 Yeah. So like, say my current income depends on certain conditions, certain numbers of customers, certain this, certain that and the other. And so because it depends on that, it has no intrinsic existence. It doesn't exist independent of my ability to get customers. So if I get a whole lot more, I can increase my impact right in my income. But then not to get a big head, you remind yourself you can also go the other way. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, Do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote or a favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? I love Evernote. I don't know how to use it all that well, but I use it enough so that I can say I totally love it. Yeah, that's probably one of the best things. I'm not very good at time management and I need to have an app for time management a little bit better. But I think that app, that's pretty good. Evernote's good. Do you use that too? Yeah, Evernote's my favorite. So I've been talking about it since show one. Um, yeah, totally, totally. Aside from your books, uh, what's one book you could recommend? What's you mean just in general for sales or for the industry? Anything, Anything. could be about life, philosophy, family, business. Okay. What should people well, read? It depends on the state of mind and what point in my life I am. But right now, I am reading a book by Henry David Thoreau called Walden. Hmm. W-A-L-D-E-N. It's a the beginning of it in particular. It's a wonderful book. I'm just looking at my library right now to see what else is in there. Uh, that's a wonderful book. Another wonderful book, if I can plug an old friend and student of mine, is um, uh, Russell Brunson's book, Expert Secrets. I mean, for those of you that are looking to combine network marketing and online work, 
he has a book, I think it's called Expert Secrets. Yeah. And it's really a very wonderfully motivating book from somebody who, like I said, he was my student. So, you know, I, I kind of like him, but he's really extra. But he's grown up incredibly and has had virtually three or four different bankruptcies. When you see this kid's story, I mean, you really realize how, that he has kind of survived his obstacles and become somebody that almost nobody can catch now. And it's surviving your obstacles. If you will just decide which obstacles you're going to overcome, you got to decide that. And once you decide, they will, if overcoming them will transform you into somebody special. So I would say that book is extra good because he has overcome and transformed himself so many times because he decided to face the music. And so I, that's another really wonderful book, The Expert Secrets book. It's like 10 bucks or something. You said he, uh, you were, he was your student. When did he, uh, what did you teach him and when, when was this? The Orange Book. His whole, he has a whole big section in his book about technobabble. Right. When he teaches his own students in his big programs that he has, these $25,000 programs, he always brings up all the stuff he learned from the Orange Book, in particular technobabble and how it's a big sales killer. So he was an Orange Book student. And the, you know that the programs at that time were how to build a giant heap with or without your friends, family, or neighbors. So he's an old student of mine in that department. Got it. Yeah, and now yeah, I'm his student. You know. Yeah. No, because I, uh, I have his book. It's an awesome, awesome book, and he uh, he mentions about you about techno babble when he talks yeah. about like creating the the emotional connection. People buy you, join you because of the emotional connection, your story, and not because uh, the product has the most highest antioxidants or ORAC rating. Right. Yeah, exactly. He talks about that. Yeah. Hey, as we wrap up, um, here's the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. So you're like an alien that went to another universe. What's the, but you, you have your, all your current skills and knowledge, but you know zero. Your contact list is zero. Yep. What's the first yep. thing you do or the first place you go? to Facebook, build? Facebook advertising. I would do free, free Facebook advertising and paid Facebook advertising because I now know exactly where the people are that I'm looking for on Facebook. And so you can spend five bucks a day and earn, you know, 10 times that amount. So that's where I would go. But, to, you know, and for people who are not online type people, like you're still in the world of, you know, belly to belly, because, you know, I'm sure there's some of you like that there. If that's who you are, then I would learn the scripting that I gave you in the free orange book, which is, you know, if I describe who I'm looking for, you let me know if you know anyone. So that you're constantly, and then get yourself in front of big groups. So that you can have 20 people behind one door. Learn how to do your presentations. If you're good one-on-one, -on -one, make a videotape. Put it on your computer without mentioning the name of the company or the product or any of that. Because nobody cares. They want to know, what can you do for me? And you say, well, I can do all these things. And P.S., the product comes with. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yeah. So that's what I would do. But Facebook for me, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Hey, as we it's wrap up. It is, it's good. You've been amazing. This is awesome, awesome. We went way longer than normal because you've been so good, and I didn't want to cut you off. Uh, as we wrap up, any last words of advice? And what's the best way listeners can connect with you, Kim? Uh, if you go to kimclaver.me, that's the best place because you get the free orange book there. Um, and when you opt into the list, I'll know that you're there. And if you want to email me, uh, the best place is probably... Uh, I have somebody who does this and will get me to you, and it's help, H-E-L-P, at Kim Claver Academy, A-C-A-D-E-M-Y dot com. That's probably the best thing to do. But have a taste, and if this resonates, go on and try it. You, you're much better than you think you are. Don't let people tell you that you need to do exactly what they do. Do not buy into this. You are you. You be you, and show that you. And let other people bask in the you that you are. All right? Awesome. Hey, ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you'll be hanging out with Kim Claver. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and type in Kim, K-I-M, at the search bar and the show. All the nuggets of wisdom, Kim's books, the links to her books, contact info, uh, everything with the golden nuggets will be right there. Hey, in order to be successful in life and in network marketing and business, you must help others. So Kim Thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Kim, and God the bless pleasure. you. The pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure. 
Hey, ML Nation, a great show from Kim Claver. This is Simon Chan, the Oprah of MLM, and a quick recap. Hey, if you like Kim's show, really good stuff about how to get customers. And I think it's so, so important now, especially with the, how the profession is changing. Uh, you know, it's less hypey, less just about recruit, recruit, and the importance of customers, you know, what the FTC is doing right now uh, recently with one or two major companies. So customers-centric uh, business, right? It's also something that lasts because people – you don't need to train them. They just keep on purchasing the product over and over again. So a couple of key points from Kim. Number one is like you never uh, he she never mentioned the company name, right? She never but she led with what the product does. Because when you start leading with like a company name, you know, you just become salesy, you sound like a salesperson. And also people just go to Google and decide to go learn from themselves. So creating curiosity, she leads with what the product does. Number two is don't talk about this I love the term she uh, uses, techno babble. Right, techno babble, being technical about the products, are your products antioxidants or a certain type of either scientific terms? It's a sales killer. Biggest sales killer is tech babble. Instead, you know what? Just uh, let people talk about the benefit, and people will come to you. And what she did was uh, she very she had a couple of filters when she talked about uh, do you drink filtered water or you drink the caca from the water faucet, right? I love the way she said caca, the crap from the water faucet. And then if you drink if you draw and she saw water filters, and if you drink water, you know if you drink filtered water, do you uh, pay a dollar or do you want to pay less than a dollar, five cents, uh, five cents a bottle, right? So that got people interested. Um, she talked about give people your opinion, always be specific with who you're looking for. Kind of very similar to kind of uh, when shopping for a house. So this is very similar. Instead of like, oh, I'm looking for someone who wants to lose weight. She gave it very specific. I'm looking for someone who is around this age, who is having these issues, and is looking to uh, lose weight. Being very, very specific. And I love the analogy she used, maybe because Kim came from a real estate background. If you're looking to shop for a house, you just don't go tell a real estate agent, hey, I'm looking to buy a house. I'm looking to buy a house. She'll ask you, uh, what type of house you're looking for? How many bedrooms? How many baths? What type of neighborhood? How much are you looking to spend? Right? So you want to lead with these type of things. And when you're asking for um, a referrals, it's just that, do you know anyone? All of a sudden, the whole universe is out. It's very hard to give referrals. So be specific. Know who exactly you are look you want. And like Kim shares, you're going to come across as someone that knows what they're talking about because you know the difference. You look like a professional. Right, just like house shopping, you give people exactly who you're looking for. Otherwise, if you just talk about, oh, this is great, this is awesome, people see you as a cult uh, because you didn't acknowledge what other people are doing. Right, you have to acknowledge whatever product. This is an aha moment. If whatever product or service you're selling, there's other companies out there already, and they're all saying they're the best. But if you're so gung ho about this thing and don't acknowledge what everyone else is, you seem like a cult. Right, so you got to let people know there's a specific type of person that will be interested in what you're doing, right? Um, and she gave a very, uh, you know, uh, very good instructions to how to write, a, how to track people for weight loss, how to invite for weight loss, right? And so a good line is, if I can tell you, blah, 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 will you tell me? If I can tell you, this is the type of person I'm looking for who is over, needs to lose a couple pounds or recently got married or just had a baby, but, right? You can fill out the blank. Would you tell me one or two people that could benefit from this? Right? If I could tell you blank, would you tell me? Um, really good stuff. The customer approach is really the long-term approach. Right? If you do it for 90 days, get a customer a day, think of how, what your business would change. And you know, her book, go, you can go get her free download there. Uh, and I'll put the link on there, kimclaver.me. Uh, very, very good book. I still remember reading it in Malaysia at that time and helped me really uh, build a solid customer base for my business. So last other, uh, last other thing is what do you bring to the table? What, what type of value? What offering value? Especially this in social media, are you providing value out there, right? Because uh, the products are so similar. So if people just buy your product, it just can't be brand product, that's it. Are you doing a service? Are you giving accountability course? Are you doing some health coaching? You got to put a p- package, otherwise you become a commodity. And commodity is something where people price shop. So whatever product, I know you, you have a great product, but how are you making it non-commodity, right? Because you, otherwise, whatever you're selling, you can go to Costco, you can go to Target, you can go to some type of department store, get it a lot, lot cheaper. So what type of extra value 
are you providing? Uh, last thing that Kim shared was uh, talk about newspaper ads that she ran. Uh, local leader wanted, you know, especially in uh, people with experience in teaching, uh, marketing, or public speaking. Please send your resume. Very. That's, that's now. I don't know if that's going to work now, but that was the ad she ran, and you could probably adopt it in some way with what you're doing right now. But the key is be specific in knowing who you want to target. Couple last thing is you don't need many to go big. You just need a few people to go big. Okay, and you want to know the specific person you're looking for. And the last thing I really liked, uh, I keep saying the last thing because there's so many pages of notes from her. It was like, if anything depends on conditions, has no intrinsic existence, right? And that's really, really go deep about what do you depend on? Are your mood, is your attitude towards your business depending on certain conditions, or are you staying focused? And being successful, you just you just have to look at the mirror a lot because you are the problem. Don't blame uh, the company. Don't blame your upline. You are the problem. So anyway, great, great show. I can go on. I want to keep this recap short. Thanks again to Kim Claver. Go check out her stuff too, kimclaver.me. Or just go to mlnation.net. Search for Kim, K-I-M. The show notes and all the links will be right there. MLNation is Simon Chan. I'm loud and proud to be a part of this amazing profession. Thanks again to Kim Claver, awesome leader and awesome trainer. Check out her stuff. And thanks to Kim. And thank you for listening. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.